Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's good, Kentucky? Welcome in to another episode of the Believe in Kentucky podcast. My name is Benny Hardy. We got another great show in store for you today. The UK Athletics Hall of Fame class is set. A huge football Yahtzee has occurred once again. And we also got to discuss the Black and Blue documentary. That's been out for a little while, but I just got to see it myself. So I got to give my thoughts on the documentary and the Trailblazers. And Paul Karam, an excellent job he did on that. So lots of topics to get to. We'll tie up some loose ends from the previous episode as well. Proud to be here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Believe.com. Go to the site and definitely check it out. Follow at Believe Podcast on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Vinny Hardy. Vinny with a Y, Hardy with a Y. So tons of stuff to get to, like we mentioned. First, we got to start off with the big football Yahtzee. You know, I mentioned in the teaser episode, not a huge recruiting guy, but there's not live sports and games to talk about right now. So we'll talk about all the peripheral things that have been going on. And the Kale Crowders was huge news in the state of Kentucky. Right there out of Frederick Douglass High School in Lexington, 5'10", 165, receiver, playmaker, difference maker, explosive, speed on speed on speed, dude runs a 4'3", a 4'4", coming to Kentucky, Freddie Maggard, who mentioned in the teaser episode as well, from my same hometown, Cumberland, Kentucky, went to the same high school. He's a Harlan County dude, just like I am. Said he's one of the most impactful recruits that Kentucky's gotten in the last decade. And look, Freddie doesn't just throw praise around like that unless he really means it. You know, Freddie knows what he's talking about. He talks about analytics, analysis, talent evaluation. He knows. You know, he was talking about Josh Allen and was projecting what he was going to be way before a lot of us saw what Josh Allen was going to become. But Freddie knows what he's talking about. Kentucky is able to keep DeKell Crowders at home right here in Lexington, uh, beat out the likes of Oklahoma, and we know what they're doing offensively with Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley's had... Heisman quarterbacks galore. The offense is crazy down there. Defense is optional still in that Big 12, but you got to give them props for what they do with getting the ball into the end zone. And a receiver would have to be intrigued uh, at an offer from Oklahoma. 
also beat out Auburn, Ole Miss, and many others. And you got Lane Kiffin down there at Auburn. No, Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, excuse me. Uh, Gus Malzahn, offensive guy uh, at Auburn. So to beat out all of those teams, and look, we, we go to recruiting again at Kentucky. You used to see them beating out you know, Miami of Ohio, Eastern Michigan. You know, Kentucky would beat out recruits from those MAC-type schools. Now you're beating out the cream of the crop in the nation and getting those kids to come to Kentucky. The noise outside. Sorry about that. Apologize. But we'll still roll on anyway. So congratulations to DeKale Crowders for staying home, coming to the Cats, and when football resumes, potentially being a day one starter. Freddie said he could just come right in and start right off the bat. He's only going to get bigger and stronger, only going to become a more precise route runner when he gets to the college level. So congratulations, huge news. Uh, This happened Sunday. Uh, DeKale made his commitment known uh, and became a Wildcat. So huge, huge news on that front. We also have UK Athletic Hall of Fame. Six new members went into the class. It's always cool to see who gets selected, who's able to join, who's able to become the newest members. You you see, you know, the basketball players that you know, the football players that you know, but it's across the board, uh, members of the UK Athletic Hall of Fame. And let's just look at the members of that class right now. Uh, we'll first go with Chanda Bell. Softball, pitcher, 2009 to 2012, 68 wins, 2.55 ERA, five no-hitters. Still got the U.K. record for 16 strikeouts in one game. She goes in to the Hall of Fame class. From baseball, you got Sawyer Carroll, career batting average, 386. 483 slugging percentage. Still got the UK single season record for 83 knocks in a season. 83 runs batted in, rather. Knocked in 83 uh, to set the single season record at Kentucky. From the hardwood, one of two, Wayne Turner. You can't help but think of Wojo getting annihilated uh, in 98. Kentucky came from behind to beat Duke. Wojo, defensive player of the year, was to clamp up Turner and Wayne just repeatedly took him to the hole. 151 career games at UK. 238 steals at Kentucky. Part of the 96 championship team, the 98 championship team. Much congrats to Wayne Turner. From football, Danny Trevathan. My first thought, man, the dude was just a missile 
at that linebacker position, sideline to sideline, heat-seeking missile, nose for the ball, great in coverage, also stout against the run. Uh, he was the national linebacker of the year. Uh, I remember him when Kentucky beat Tennessee to end that streak, that 10-7 victory at the Commonwealth Stadium to snap that losing streak uh, to Tennessee. Going on to play eight seasons in the NBA, played in two Super Bowls while with the Denver Broncos, uh, and now is a member of the Chicago Bears. And one more from basketball, Ron Mercer. Once again, back there with Wayne Turner, part of that 96 championship team, SEC Player of the Year in 97, SEC Tournament MVP in 97. That's his sophomore year after balling out as a freshman, really balled out as a sophomore, scored 725 points as a sophomore, uh, joining Wayne Turner in the 1,000-point club. Uh, during their career at Kentucky. So congratulations to all of the UK Athletic Hall of Fame inductees that are going in. It's always fun to see who gets selected. It's fun to see the speeches. It's always a great ceremony uh, for those who are going in across the board for the excellence in all of the sports that they participated in while at University of Kentucky. So the huge Yahtzee the new Hall of Fame class. My thoughts on the black and blue documentary. We'll do that here in just a second. We'll also go back and tie up a few little loose ends. Things we didn't quite get to mention in episode two. We'll work that into this episode as well because, look, as we all know, there's still no sports going on. There's still no recent games to talk about. No upcoming games to look forward to just yet. So sometimes we might carry over a few things that, hey, we didn't get to it last time. Still relevant, still pertinent. We'll bring it up in the next episode. Uh, when sports do return, like I mentioned in the teaser, that'll just be gravy. That'll just be even more on the blade, more content for us to dive into, to chew on, to gnaw on. Uh, but in the interim, we're still going to have lots of stuff to talk about as we have. Uh, in each of these first couple episodes. Another thing I didn't mention is that we still will have, once again, shade from an unexpected source. Once again, this will be three straight weeks in a row. Uh, not like we went into this looking to have it every episode, but it's happened ever since we started this show. So we will roll with that uh, and, and continue to talk about the shade, where it came from, who said it, what it's about. You know, it's not earth-shattering or, you know, huge, huge deal, but it is something to to, to kick around and, and talk about. So we'll get into that on the Believe Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. Uh, we're available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Or look, go straight to the site at believe.com. Like I said, follow at Believe Podcast, B L E A V Podcast on Twitter. You can follow me at Vinny Hardy, Vinny with a Y, Hardy with a Y. Interested in advertising on the show? Once again, go to believe.com, go to advertise. 
let them know your business or product that you want to advertise and people will get right with you to discuss your idea and we can promote it right here on the Believe Podcast Network right here on Believe in Kentucky. Now, black and blue. Paul Carroll, Kentucky quarterback, played back in the 60s with Nate Northington, Greg Page, the late Greg Page, Wilbur Hackett, and Houston Hogg. The one who spearheaded the fact that Kentucky was the school that integrated the entire SEC. Not just you know the first African American players you know, to play baseball or to play the first African American players to play anything happened at Kentucky. Uh, being able to listen to Mr. Karam be on various different radio interviews uh, and talk about the reason or kind of what spurred him on to get this process started for the Black and Blue documentary. It premiered in theaters throughout the state last year. Uh, it came to Middlesbrough, which would have been uh, the closest location where I was at, I wasn't able to go and see it. It premiered in other locations, of course, Lexington and Louisville throughout the state. Now it's airing on KET uh, in Kentucky. I think it's aired once. I think it's going to air multiple times. Eventually set to air on PBS throughout the country. You know, I live in Tennessee. I'm out of state. Uh, can't travel back home to Kentucky right now due to the Rona. Um, talk with my dad. He saw it when it aired uh, on KET the other day. I just went ahead and bought me a copy of the DVD. I wasn't going to wait until it finally made its way to air down here. So I ordered me a copy of the DVD. Um, it arrived uh, a few days ago since episode two uh, aired of the podcast. I got the copy of the DVD and watched the DVD. Now I mentioned that at the very beginning, I also host a Cats Talk Wednesday show. It's on blogtalkradio.com with Terry Brown. Been doing that for five or six years. And of course, it's available in podcast form as well. You know, initially on Blog Talk Radio and then wherever you get your podcast. On that show, had the privilege of having Nate Northington on as a guest probably two or three years ago, which was just amazing in itself. And you've all seen him on the documentary. Just as humble and as gracious and nice a man you ever want to talk to. Of course, it goes into more detail everything he went through. We've heard going to meet Governor Breathitt. That was chronicled. He was there at the governor's mansion talking with Governor Brith's daughter there in the Black and Blue documentary. It was so great to hear, be able to talk to him about that. We talked about the book that he's written. And, of course, he went for years and, and just was just not able to talk about it, didn't want to talk about it. And it's understandable how 
heavy, how dark that situation would have been. It's hard to imagine even going through that uh, situation that he had to go through, you know, being the first one to integrate the SEC. You know, that historic moment, everything that led up to it, step out on the field against Ole Miss. And of course, it's going to be the last thing on his mind because Greg Page, the second African-American player from Middlesbrough who joined him as the first two African-American players on the team, passes away and he learns of Greg's passing the morning of that game. I'm not trying to be a spoiler. Um, a lot of people have seen it. If you haven't, I'm not trying to ruin it for you. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, you'll know what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about will make more sense if you watch it. If you've already seen it, you already know what I'm talking about. Um, but just the weight of everything that was going on when, hey, go ahead and step in and, and get a few plays in against Ole Miss. He just became the first black player to play in the SEC. Um, and, of course, that was the furthest thing from his mind because Greg Page had passed away. The detail of everything leading up to Greg Page being injured and then passing away days later in the hospital. It showed his family from Middlesbrough and, and their thought process and you know, thought that nobody thought he would never not be fine. Excuse that double negative. That was horrible. Everybody thought he's gonna he's gonna make it. He's gonna be okay. You have Nate Norrington who was able to see him before he passed, but the you know the bulk of the team when he got injured on the field and carried off the field, no one saw him again. Um. How tragic that is in itself. A lot of you young ones aren't going to know about the movie Brian's song. It was even a little bit before my time, but where Gail Sayers and Brian Piccolo, uh, Gail Sayers was in the hospital visiting his teammate, and that happened several times before Brian Piccolo passed away in the movie Brian's song in that sad situation. This wasn't even Brian's song. These guys never saw Greg Page again after he got hurt. And so this is what Nate Northington was dealing with. The rest of the team was dealing with. And as Nate Northington mentioned, he was dealing with it by himself. There wasn't grief counselors back then. You know, they didn't cancel the game. They didn't, hey, let's, let's see how you are. Let's take some time. How are you feeling? Everybody was just going on about everyday stuff. And he was, like he mentioned, a quiet person anyway, internalized a lot. So just an unbelievably dark time. And you can see why he didn't talk about it for years. You know, transferred to Western and, and was able to have a good career and move on and uh, move on into his adult life and do well. But unbelievable. Other things that stood out uh, in that documentary Charlie Bradshaw the head coach of course this is way before my time like this is this is 10 years before I was born when this is taking place and like I mentioned I talked with my dad about it he was 
14 at the time, living in southeastern Kentucky where I was born and raised, about three hours from Lexington. The news of Nate Northington integrating SEC Sports, it was barely a blip in Lexington and Louisville. You know, they brought on Billy Reed, who you know was a, a columnist, a writer for years. You know, he gave his thoughts on how they dropped the ball in covering that. My dad is 14, and at that time, the way life was, you know, segregation is still a thing. Things are still being integrated. Uh, he had just been going to an integrated school for three years in 1964. So Nate Norlington integrates the SEC sports landscape in 67. My dad's an eighth grade freshman, somewhere along in there. And he didn't, didn't even remember it. Now, there was no sports in there. There was no Twitter. There was no Internet. Uh, but as far as hearing about it on the radio or, or on the TV news, he didn't remember hearing anything about it at that time. Uh, I said, when do you remember first hearing about it, period? And he, he said, probably as a senior in high school. So about four years later, it kind of popped up in his consciousness or popped up on his radar. So it just, just didn't get covered, didn't get talked about. Um, not that Nate was wanting that to happen. You know, he knew he would integrate the SEC when he signed the scholarship to play for Kentucky. He knew that, but when you step on the field, you're not going and, and saying, I'm a pioneer, I'm this, I'm that. But for it not to even really resonate across the state or across the south, of course, it was, it was just crazy. Um, but Charlie Bradshaw was the coach at the time. I'd heard about the Thin 30. Didn't really, you know, know a whole lot about it, of course. But the team starts out with 88 players on the team. And by the time the season's over, there's only 28 dudes left on the team. Unbelievable. Um, his methods, if you will, his coaching style, if you will, to just be you, you hard work, you got to work, you got to have effort, you got to have a team that's conditioned, but to almost be maniacal in beating the players into the ground. My first thought, and you could you could <laughs> you could see the player interviews as they reflect back on what he put them through. My first thought was because we all remember before Cal got here, we all remember Billy Gillespie, the two years he spent as Kentucky's basketball coach, and the stuff you were hearing and the stuff that went down about him and his coaching style and, and the, his game day routine, if you will. Billy Gillespie must have had a little Charlie Bradshaw in him. You got one of Nate Northington's teammates talking about the offensive lineman who who went Latrell Spreewell on Charlie Bradshaw back in the 60s. And we all remember what happened with Latrell Spreewell, P.J. Carlismo. We remember how that went down 
in the 90s. This happened to Charlie Bradshaw in the 60s because overbearing was an understatement when it came to describing Charlie Bradshaw. So, an incredible documentary. Uh, if y'all haven't seen it, definitely watch it. If you have watched it, watch it again. It's definitely worth it. Congratulations to Paul Karam and all his hard work in getting this off the ground. And like he said, the reason he got the ball rolling on this is that he watched the Color Orange documentary about Connors uh, Holloway being the first black quarterback in the SEC in 1972, which is a noteworthy achievement. But in watching that, no mention was made of what the guys at Kentucky did, Nate Northington, Greg Page, in 1967, Wilbur Hackett, Houston Hall. Nothing was mentioned about them paving the way a half decade before Condors did what he did. So he said, huh, they didn't even mention us. So let me get this going and, and get us mentioned as to what was happening at Kentucky five years before Condors did what he did. No disrespect to Condors, but let's, let's, let's shine some light on what our guys were doing. So thus, the black and blue documentary. The statue right there outside the training facility, the new football facility right there beside of, of Kroger Field has all four right there, Nate Norton, the late Greg Page, Wilbur Hackett, and Houston Hogg. And Houston Hogg later in his life, look what he did, raising his own family and then the foster family that he made and fostering so many children uh, through his home. What a wonderful uh, story that is. Um, and then we have um, Wilbur Hackett, who just graduated recently right here in 2020 at Kentucky. A 53-year journey comes to an end as he just went back uh, and completed his degree and graduated. So congratulations to him. Uh, a wonderful documentary, as mentioned. Definitely Take the time to watch it. You will be glad that you did. Now, the shade from an unexpected source. What are we talking about? Episode one, we had the SEC Network clowning Terry Wilson with the back it up Terry tweet. Last week, we had Steve Forbes uh, in a plea to keep Olivier Saar at Wake, trying to keep him a demon deacon, went on the radio and you can work hard, work all hard and put this time and effort in to getting this prestigious degree from Wake Forest. And you're going to go and get a degree and graduate from a place like Kentucky. So that was last week's shade. The streak continues. We're not out here looking for shots against Kentucky. They just keep happening. There's no games going on. People got nothing to do. People pop off a little bit and say some stuff. The latest, Jordan Watkins, a wide receiver at Louisville, committed to Kentucky a while back. He's from Louisville, so he switches, flips, decides not to go to Kentucky, decides to go to Louisville. He gets on Twitter and you know, essentially says that, uh, what would it be like 
to go to a school where you have to block all the time as a wide receiver because he is a wide receiver. That's what the position he's going to play. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's good to block, but blocking all the time, you know, essentially that ain't me. I can't do that. That's basically what he was saying. Throwing shade at, of course, Kentucky last year when after Terry Wilson goes down, um, Sawyer Smith goes down, Eddie Graham flips the script on the offense. Lynn Bowden is inserted at the quarterback position. The team is two and three. Uh, so right near the midway point of the season, Lynn Bowden goes in, becomes more Lynn from the Wildcat. A very run-oriented offense, not many pass attempts, not a lot of balls to be caught. You had Ahmad Wagner, Josh Ali, Cleveland Thomas, lots of guys who receivers were doing a lot of blocking. Help Lynn spring a lot of long run due to their blocking down the field. Jordan Watkins saying, hey, that ain't me, man. It's nice to block, but you know, blocking every play, that ain't me. Um, and so that, of course, you know, erupted a lot of big back and forth on Twitter. Um, you know, Lynn Bowden weighed in, let him know, you know, you're still gonna lose to Kentucky when you play him. But just that little shade about Kentucky's receivers having to block all the time, which they had to block a ton. And kudos to them for doing so. They had to buy in. That is true. Um, but that's not the plan. That's not how Kentucky tries to play. They're not going into the season, whenever it resumes, playing that way again. Uh, they just recruited Dakel Crowders. Dakel Crowders just committed. He's a wide receiver. You know, he knows that I'm not coming in to block, 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 block. Terry Wilson is ahead of schedule and projected to return healthy. Joey Gatewood transferred from Auburn. Bo Allen is there. There's a lot of quarterbacks that are capable of throwing. So, you know, unless crazy bad injuries happen again, Kentucky will be able to be balanced. You know, recency bias, look, yes, they ran a ton. They had to. That's the only way the offense could win due to the injury situation. That's not the way they're going to be year in and year out going forward. You know, I've said it before, let Eddie Graham get through a season with a healthy QB1. And, and see what the passing numbers look like. That hasn't happened. You know, Steven Johnson comes in after Drew Barker is hurt. You know, he was set to sling the ball around the yard that year. Same thing. Set up to be a lot more balanced last year than they were. But Terry Wilson gets hurt in the second game of the season. Uh, Sawyer Smith was capable of coming in. We saw him get hurt. Uh, against Florida, and we saw him stay banged up and not be effective as you would think he would be capable of being for the rest of that season. So, look, Kentucky's not going to be just having a, you know, your receivers just get in and block. You stayed and block downfield. That's not what the guys are going to be doing. Uh, that's not going to be the game plan unless it has to absolutely be the game plan. They want to be balanced. They want to throw which would just make it easier to run. Of course, Mark Stoops wants to pound and run it, you know, but like he did the year when Benny Snell was there. But 
as as much of a run guy as he is, pound it, run the ball, play defense, but he knows that balance will only help the offense, help sustain drives, which keeps his defense fresh to go out there, you know, and, and get three and outs. A lot of Missouri game when Drew Locke and them went over the second half and moving the sticks. But Kentucky knows that being balanced is going to be better. So Jordan Watkins, Watkins shot his shot. Went back on Twitter, said, oh, Twitter's boring. I love it because he got a lot of responses, got a lot of back and forth. You know, nothing else going on because everybody's quarantining and it's the Rona. So talky talk, and that's what happened. Let's see. What else we got? Oh, Don Shula. Didn't mention him last week. Legendary coach of the Miami Dolphins. Passed away at the age of 90. More wins than anybody. Coached against George Hallis. Coached against Bill Belichick. Now that's spanning some years right there. When you look at everybody he won against, won a couple Super Bowls. Um, you have the thing that ties him to Kentucky. I had no idea. Don Shula was an assistant at Kentucky. Um under Blank Collier. You got you got Bill Arnsbarger uh, from Kentucky. Went on to be defensive coordinator for Shula for years. Uh, Howard Schnellenberger, Don Shula, all those guys right there on one staff. I had no idea. Look, this is 18 years before I was born, but I I, I didn't know Don Shula rode through and spent a year in Lexington and had a tie to Kentucky before going on to do his thing in the NFL. So uh, condolences and definitely hated to hear of his passing. I was, never was a Dolphins fan, but I always remember Don Shula, the undefeated 17-0 and team. You know, he was cool and classy. I never cared for Mercury Morris always popping off and those players popping all that champagne. But look, it's their record. They can do what they want. They're the only team to go undefeated. So be proud of your record. And if y'all wanted to celebrate when the last undefeated team lost every year, yeah, y'all do y'all. And that's definitely what they did. I never pulled for the Patriots ever, but I was wanting them to go undefeated that year that they were 18-0. And, of course, they lost to Eli and the Giants. And so Miami was able to continue to be the only undefeated team. That's the closest they've ever come to seeing someone else join them with a perfect season in the NFL. Uh, but condolences to Don Shula uh, and his family on the passing of the legend. We got... Um, for everybody in Kentucky, we all know John Short, the super fan. You hear him on the Leach Report, he calls in. You hear him when he calls in to KSR. You hear him when he calls in to Dick Gabriel's show uh, every evening in Lexington on WLAP. He calls in to Cameron Mill's show every Sunday. Um, there's shows that I don't even listen to that I know he calls in every day. Um, he calls everybody a great American. I've had the privilege of being able to meet him at the Florida game this past year at Rupp. Got to cover that game. I was credentialed. Got up there early, just walking around. And um, I called a friend of his that I know, knew his number, knows where he sits at to make sure they gave me John's number. I called to see if he was going to be at the game. Yep. 
tell me where he's going to be sitting, tell me what time he's going to get there. I just, I just love to meet you. That's okay. Yep, that's fine. So got there up, you know, 45 minutes uh, before the game started. John was there, like he said he would be there. I uh, was able to go down to his seat and, and meet him and take a picture with him, which was just just very, very cool. and enjoyed having the, the chance to be able to meet him. But I said I would just say this. His He put out on Twitter the other day that his brother Dudley passed away unexpectedly. So uh, it, it shook him and the family and his mom. Uh, of course, when you when you lose a loved one like that. So hated to hear that and see John tweet that and just felt awful uh, for him up there dealing with the loss of his brother. I'm sure everybody in Big Blue Nation feels the same way. Y'all love to hear him call in to all the shows, but definitely uh, send him a tweet or let him know that you're thinking about him since he's lost his brother. We definitely hate it when we lose family members. That thing of losing a loved one never uh, easy. It sure isn't. One other little thing, too, uh, before we get to the end of the show, Tyler Hero went to the barbershop. Uh, we we saw him do his thing at Kentucky for that one season, become a one-and-done guy, uh, kind of like Devin Booker. You thought he'd be here more than a year. Nope, he developed better than everybody anticipated. Boom, lottery pick. Doing his thing with the heat down there. Bam out of bio as well. Tyler went to the barbershop. So if you haven't seen it, pull it up. Google Tyler Hero, haircut, barbershop, or whatever. It wasn't a matter of if. It was just a matter of when. And when you see the picture of Tyler, you'll know what I'm talking about. Tyler went and got faded up at the barbershop. And it's just pretty much what you thought it would be. Uh, I'm just surprised it didn't happen sooner. Had tons of fun yet again. That's another show. Y'all keep tuning in. Believe Podcast Network. Believe in Kentucky. Y'all hit us up on Twitter at Believe Podcast. Hit me up on Twitter at Vinny Hardy. Listen to the show at Believe.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Spotify, every episode is going to be there. I enjoy bringing them to you. I appreciate you taking the time to listen. Tune in for the next episode of Believe in Kentucky. This has been Vinny Hardy. This is is Vinny Hardy. This has been a lot of fun. That's what I'm trying to say. Y'all tune in for the next episode. We'll do it all again. Y'all take care now. ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call 
Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.